it just makes me want to set myself on fire. Welcome to episode two of Set Yourself on Fire. So, number one, you will notice that we now have a theme song, which is insanely cool and amazing, and I'm very emotional over it because I just listened to it like maybe ten minutes ago, and I'm just like still having all the feelings about it. I am feeling my feels and my feelings are like so warm and fuzzy because a amazing friend, Shannon Dooley, made this for me to support me, to show support in this podcast and their belief in me. And I just think that it is really, really amazing. I'm super touched. I honestly thought that when they said they would make a theme song for me, they meant like, oh, like, sure, like, I'll make a theme song for you, like, probably in a little bit, you know? But I showed them the first episode Sunday when it came out, and today is Monday, and boom! Theme song! So I am all types of emotions over here about it, and yeah, I just can't express how insanely cool I think that this all is. And so I'm just like feeling the love, which is amazing to feel. So today's topic, I'm going to warn you guys, is an actual topic. It's not an intro. It's going to be some heaviness. So I always want to warn people that number one, there might be a trigger involved. Nothing is meant to trigger anyone. But obviously, when you're talking about mental health, um, triggers do get hit. So if you need to back away from the podcast, turn it off, um, or skip forward in a part, please, by all means, do so. Remember to protect yourself and your mental health first. That being said, let's jump in to today's episode of Set Yourself on Fire. The title of today's episode is It's Okay Not to Be Okay. And I kind of want to explain that and why it's so important to me. And for me, the saying is extremely important because there is such a negative stigma still going on in the world about mental health. I know me for me personally, there were days where I felt super alone, super depressed, insecure. My anxiety was at like level 100. My mind was louder than anything in the world. I couldn't even focus if someone was talking to me because it was like the voices inside my head were deafening out the real world. And for me, I was trying to put on this forefront this mask, this facade of, oh no, I'm perfectly fine, I'm okay, um, let's carry on, when really inside I was 
crimpling into a ball. Um, I know that this could be a little surprising for people who know me. Uh, in high school, people would have definitely said I was loud and outgoing and most definitely probably annoying because I was so loud and outgoing. Like, you could hear me and my friends trampling down the hall being just extremely loud and goofy. And I know some people would have loved to strangle me because I look back and I'm like, oh my god, how did I not get my ass kicked? I was so annoying. But to me, that loudness, that craziness was a defense mechanism because I truly believed that if people saw me being loud and crazy and funny, that they would not notice that I was not okay. They wouldn't notice that I was sad and I was hurting and I was lost and I was confused and there was a hundred thoughts a second going through my head and I was trying to process things that I didn't even understand how to process yet. In high school, I was just beginning to understand that um, my sexuality was coming into question. I was dating a boy. It had been a long-term relationship. We were getting to that age where sex was becoming a thing. And I was realizing the more we edged towards that, that I wasn't interested in it. I had no desire and I had grown up in this Roman Catholic family who we didn't talk about sexuality. We didn't talk about gay. I had a cousin who was gay and it was never really spoken about. It was just, oh, you know, my cousin's gay. But then there was the opposite spectrum with my grandmother who, like, we could not even watch Ellen in her house because she didn't want that in the house. She didn't want it promoted. So I'm sitting here terrified, confused about my sexuality, having no clue if this is normal or what to do, if there's even anyone to talk to. And that among a hundred other things are swirling through my head and I don't feel like I can talk to anyone because I am afraid of what I will be told. I'm afraid that I will be shunned. I'm afraid that the guidance counselor, like my elementary, will do nothing. And so I thought that if I could put on a charade, that no one would know that all these things were happening. But inside, the only way I can describe how I felt and how... I still feel on days where my anxiety is at 100 and my depression is just roaring is that it is like I am trapped in my own mind and my mind is a car and there is someone in the driver's seat who looks a lot like me where like if I got pulled over you would look at my ID and look at that person and be like okay cool but really I am bound and gagged and tied up in the back seat and I am screaming for someone to notice that I'm not okay and that I need help and it's all I can do to just sit back and watch someone else running my life because it does not feel like I am in control. And so I know that seems like an insane analogy but that's honestly how I feel. It feels like I am watching someone from the back seat of a car run my life and I don't have the means to run it 
myself and it just adds to the anxiety. And the crazy thing is, is that I have felt so alone in having those feelings and feeling locked up and feeling like I'm in the back seat. But the more I have discussed mental health with friends and family, the more I have realized I am not the only person who has felt locked in their own body. And that's why I want to have these conversations with everybody because they're real conversation that needs to happen to end the stigma with mental health to know that it is okay not to be okay. And that is exactly the reason for this title. You don't need to be afraid. I don't want you to be afraid. Um, Questions that should be simple are really complicated sometimes when you're struggling with your depression, when you're struggling with your anxiety. The question of, hey, how are you? How's it going? Is like a loaded gun when someone asks me that. Like, society dictates that I should say something like, oh, it's fine. I'm good. Like, it's, it's all, it's all right. Like, it could be better. Like, some fluffed up answer that actually does not answer the question, but we roundaboutly address the fact that you asked it. Like, the question, how are you doing? How's it going? I want to write it down and put it on a piece of paper and put that piece of paper in a box and put that box in a box and that box in a box and mail it to myself and then set it on fire. And that is how I feel about that question because I feel like it's a question that is so indirect that we don't have to deal with it. So instead of asking a question of, hey, how's it going? What's up? I love it when people ask, how's your headspace? How's your mental health? I have a friend who has been there with me since basically my first mental breakdown in Alberta. And their way of checking up on me became to text me, how was your headspace today? And it was that simple rephrasing of the age-old question that to me just like made me feel safe. It made me feel like I wasn't being judged, that I could be real with them, that they were creating a safe space for me to be honest. If I was doing okay, I could be, you know, I could say like, oh, you know, everything's good today. My head's pretty clear. If I wasn't having a good day, I could be honest and be like, you know what? My headspace is really bad. My anxiety is at a hundred. Like I'm just suffering. And we would kind of take the conversation from there. And I know right now I've got a whole whack of friends going through a whole bunch of different rages of emotion. And when I ask the question, how's it going? They're like, oh, you know, like it's going, but what does that mean? What does it's going mean? Does that mean that like the world is on fire and you're used to it and that's fine? Does it mean that you've completely gone numb and you've checked out of the situation? Does it mean you've put up a ton of barriers? And the reason that I don't get the answer that I'm seeking is because I'm asking the wrong fluff question. So today 
I had a phone call with a friend who is going through something and I said, hey, how's it going? And I got that answer and I instantly changed to, how's your headspace today? And they went, oh, actually, it's really rough. I'm feeling. And then we went on to have a conversation. And so it showed me that just by putting into practice that one little change that my friend did to me and carrying it forward to another one of my friends, that it really is a way to start asking people about their mental health because those conversations are super important. I know that, you know, we have been talking a lot in life about how you go to work and you can call in sick and say, oh, I've got the flu, I can't come in. And they're like, oh, good gosh, no, no, don't do it. We don't want to get sick. But if you call in and say, oh, I'm depressed today, they're going to be like, okay, so what's your point? So I have been fortunate enough to work in a few private sectors in life where I have gone to my HR and said, look, I suffer from depression and anxiety and some days I can't function. And my HR said that if I was having one of those days to call in and take a sick day, which I mean is great in the sense of that I don't have to go into work, but also not so great in the fact that I have to use a sick day. I honestly think that there should be mental health days and there should be sick days. And that's something that is done in the disability service field is that you can have sick days, but you can also have mental health days because you are dealing with people who have disabilities and it can be very mentally taxing. But I don't think it should just be one field that has this, that recognizes things are mentally taxing. Sometimes walking out the door for someone is mentally taxing depending on their state. And so my kind of point of this conversation is that if you are someone who is suffering from depression and anxieties, I'm urging you to go talk to your HR to see what can be done for you by you by them because it's really important now that we're going into 2020 that we're using our voices and knowing it's okay not to be okay and we don't have to put on our little happy masks anymore and we can be real and genuine and authentic and feels our feels and feel our pain and embrace our pain and release it in healthy ways and a huge thing is making sure that we're doing things healthily. I have always said that I am not a licensed professional. I am not trying to give professional advice. I am talking about things in my life, things that I have found helpful. Um, so do not quote me on things. Do not say the girl on the podcast said this, so I should do this. I am just giving you my point of view. But with it being okay to not be okay, hurting yourself is not okay. So I want to take just one minute to remind everybody that we are in 2020. If you are feeling like you are on cliff's edge, 
to remember to reach out to your resources. And I know it sounds hard because I have been there. I am personally someone who has been on that cliff's edge and not felt like I had the resources. And I have been one of the very, 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 very lucky people who had a friend grab my hand and pull me back. But I can understand how sometimes if we're just learning how to be honest with ourselves about our mental health, how it's hard to be honest with others. So I kind of want to take a minute and remind everyone that there is the Canada Prevention um, Suicide and Support Network line that can be reached at one 456 4566 They're available 24-7. So if you are feeling like you don't know how to talk to your friends and you don't know how to talk to your family about it, to please seek groups in your area or call the hotline or go get the Better Counseling app, which is the only app I can think of right now. It's not a plug. It's just what's on the top of my head because I'm very much a believer in counseling as we have talked before. So that is the podcast today on how it's okay not to be okay, how it's a very important mantra to remember to be your authentic self, how we can start changing simple questions to address mental health. And next week's episode is actually going to be about mental health and speaking about it with partners. So it's going to be talking about either a partner you've been with a long time and you're evolving your mental health issues or you've just started to date someone and you want to address these issues with them. So that will be next week's episode and I hope you all have a great night.